0: Oh, now it's live. Oh, God. I'm just going to leave this as our intro. Um, this is the Maroon White Audible, which is now visible, kind of. Uh, it's hidden. Um, because I'm in my office, and this is really crappy video lighting. Um,
1: and I'm in a dorm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this is the Maroon White Audible. I'm Ethan Lee. It's a very serious podcast where I just kind of ramble. And I'm actually joined
1: by a former... Co-Rambler. Mm. Um, Daniel Black. I'm still a Rambler, though. I may not be a Co-Rambler, but I am still a Rambler. Like the Ramblin' Wreck of Georgia Tech. But I'm not a hell of an engineer.
0: Do you prefer Georgia Tech or Texas Tech?
1: Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't care about either school. On You're from episode. Texas.
0: On this episode, I uh I'm gonna eat lunch. I'm gonna drink water, and we're gonna talk about
1: And I'm gonna talk and I'm sitting here while my roommate's doing chemistry homework.
0: Nice. He's over there. Okay. I can't see him, but hi.
1: Hi.
0: <laughs> um and then we're also gonna go over the Mississippi State football game. Woo! Um, we don't have any questions. We are not. Nope,
1: prepared. nope. nope. This is
0: the very last minute, and it has to be a relatively short episode because I've got grad school classes. Mm. All professional, like
1: tonight. So, oh yeah, you have to dress up in a tuxedo, um, something like that. A limo will be waiting for you. I would really
0: appreciate a limo service.
1: It will be free graham crackers and fruity snacks. Yeah. If- Maybe some chocolate milk. But if you'd rather want a lemonade, that's also available.
0: So Mississippi State um, played Kansas State on Saturday.
1: Hmm. Correct. That was a very good observation.
0: It was was the football. The football. Yeah.
1: Not the the foreign football, but the American football. The one where the only times you use your feet is when you kick it.
0: You're using your feet to run. There's a lot of running in this sport.
1: But you're not, but the ball is not like, okay, sure, I'll concede to that.
0: Like a ball that is the shape of a foot?
1: That would just be, that would just be uncomfortable. I would watch that. That is a disastrous thought. You don't want someone like throwing prosthetic feet around
0: on a football field?
1: Well, that's basically what Iowa and Iowa State were doing this past weekend, and that Classic 13 to 3 game. El Asico. El Asico. Correct.
0: Gosh. Um, I don't think I'm allowed to talk about SB Nation on this podcast, but I do it all the time.
1: Womp, womp, womp. I reference
0: uh, Bill Connolly a lot because he's a genius. His saber metrics or whatever. Uh, SP Plus.
1: Oh, whatever that's called. Yeah. Wow. I think states what ranked number six in that poll this week. And well, it's not really a
0: poll, it's a uh, like a predictive ranking based off of it's a ranking,
1: thus making it a poll.
0: It's not a that's no, it's a a, ranking anyway. Um, back to the heart of things Mississippi State beat Kansas State, uh, very convincingly by the time it was all said and done. Mm -hmm. um, I think there were moments where we were all just a little bit nervous in the first quarter early on. Sure. Uh, the second quarter was pretty good. Sure. Third quarter was even better. Sure. And the fourth quarter was just kind of smooth sailing. You knew what you were going to get at that point.
1: Well, actually the second quarter was a far better than the third quarter. Yeah. We outscored them 14 to nothing in the second quarter as opposed to a seven to seven third quarter. Well, in which way, one had the interception? Uh, I would imagine it's the third quarter cause they scored on the first play after that interception. Are you talking about the Funky Fitzgerald
0: interception? No, 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 Oh. Or, I don't know. Errol Thompson, like, making that
1: perfect dive. Oh, I don't remember. I thought you were talking about the Funky, Fitzger- the funky Fitzgerald the interception. It may have been on the, the second quarter. Try saying the Funky Fitzgerald interception five times fast.
0: So I actually have a small segment. I don't know if you listen to the podcast. You probably don't.
1: Nope.
0: Um, I uh, will occasionally stumble upon... Certain alliterations, mm. and we'll then challenge people to say those five times fast. Well, I just did it to you. Uh, no, I'm, I'm eating lunch. It's mashed potatoes.
1: You're eating mashed potatoes for lunch? That is your lunch? And You're eating nothing beans. else? And beef stroganoff. Okay, well, then there we go. That's the main course. I thought you were just eating mashed potatoes. In for that lunch. brief moment, I was. But, yeah, but I'm talking about only mashed potatoes, like, as your entire meal, Ethan. You don't have to be freaking precise. I've done that before, though. Uh, Okay, well, um, all the power to you.
0: Mississippi State was the far better team. Um, Yes. Kansas State's probably not any good. Yeah. I really am curious to know how Kansas State will turn out by the end of the season. Yeah. because Bill Snyder's comments prior to this game were really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. The whole well, we didn't prepare for South Dakota, and then people interpreting that to mean they've been preparing for Mississippi State for like months now, specifically Mississippi State. Not that preposterous of a thing to kind of assume. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would. I would agree, but in this game, it seemed like. Well, first of all, I think there was was an extreme talent discrepancy.
0: I would agree with that.
1: That was primarily uh, exploited um, from our defensive line.
0: Yeah, no, this is one of the best defensive lines in the country, um, which is going to help Mississippi State a lot this year because we've seen some really good offenses in the SEC Mm -hmm. so far. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, no, the defensive front – was Far better. Well, Kansas State's got a really good offensive line, one of the best in the country. Returned five starters from a year ago, which I believe they returned four starters to, um, from the year prior to that. So 2016 to 2017, like four guys returned, I believe. And then 2017 to 2018, five guys returned. Um, five
1: guys, burgers, and fries. It's a lot of continuity. A lot of mm-hmm. really good burgers. Sure. I'm sure they do. Par- I'm sure the offensive linemen do partake in a five guys burger and fry every once in a while. Do you think they have one in Manhattan? They uh, possibly.
0: It's a bigger town than Starkville.
1: Yeah, I mean Starkville has a cookout.
0: Yeah, um, but the it's not podcast. So. You didn't really see a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. Um, you didn't really see any tackles for loss develop into like the second quarter. Yep. But in the second half, Mississippi State's defensive front completely imposed their will on Kansas
1: mm-hmm. State. Warm. Yeah, I mean, really, the offense played well as a whole. Um, But really, when you get down to it, the defense won this football game. The secondary had its moments of, you know, of worry. um, But that seems to happen and seems to have happened in every Mississippi State football game since about 2014. Um, Whereas the defense, but really, when you have a defensive line and a front seven in general, that is wreaking so much havoc on Kansas State's offensive line and their quarterbacks and just their entire backfield, then the secondary sort of becomes, you know, a non-issue if you're getting that much pressure on the quarterback um, and getting so many tackles for loss. Um and really, I mean, the two things that won the football game were for state were the defensive line and Kylan Hill. I think, but the thing was, I think Kylan Hill could have had half the performance that he had, and state would have won by at least 10 points because of how well the defensive line played.
0: I mean, when you've got one player outgain an entire opposing offense, you're doing pretty good.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and that
0: goes directly crediting to Kylan Hill, the offensive mm-hmm. line, and then Mississippi State's
1: defensive front. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, the biggest thing about having Kylan Hill there is, you know, everyone in the offseason and preseason and during the season as well, basically everyone, as long as Moorhead's been hired or has been the head coach of Mississippi State, talks about the pass game and how that seems to be Joe Moorhead's, you know, big emphasis is taking deep shots downfield and emphasizing um, an importance on the pass game. When you have – Right now, a mediocre pass game. You know, of course, it was finding and Stephen F. Austin with the exception of completion percentage. That's but, correct. Um, but when you have a, what is right now a mediocre pass game, having that run game to rely on is huge. And of course, I think, you know, Eris Williams has gotten two snaps all season, did not get a snap against Kansas State, which is something we would not have expected going into this football season. No. But the fact that you have, you know, if, if you thought, well, aries williams is only going to get two snaps going into this game you may be a little bit worried honestly i think kylan hill has been doing more than what aries williams would be able to do in these last two games
0: kylan hill seems more explosive Um, uh seems to be better at just the entirety of what joe Morad wants to do yeah um aries williams is a very good running back i don't want to take away from that for sure he is a consistent runner um will get you four to five yards at a time thing is kylan can get you 10 to 20 at a time
1: oh yeah and Um, one thing that matt wyatt mentioned on his podcast on sunday morning is that the just the amount of pure physicality that he has there was one run uh it was a touchdown don't remember which quarter it was it was one of his two touchdown runs in which he took an extreme hit at the 10-yard line. Yeah. But instead of knock himself going back down and knocking him on the other side, instead of being knocked down, the running back, all that just total imposing will and physicality that Kylan Hill had was just imposed onto the defender. The defender went down, and then the next thing you know, Kylan Hill's in the end zone. It reminds you of an Anthony Dixon type. I would just think that Kylan Hill is even better
0: than Anthony Dixon.
1: Well, I mean, at this point, if Kylan Hill can continue playing the way he is de- on the road, then most definitely, yeah. of course, that is yet to be determined. Um, we don't know what um, what forces the in the world could happen. Yeah, you but... don't
0: know the longevity of Kylan Hill. You don't know if he can play an entire season at this pace. Um, but when you go look at Anthony Dixon's yards per carry as a uh, – Football player, I want to say, for Mississippi State. Um, I want to say he had like four and a half yards per carry. Yeah, I think Kylan Hill is a more explosive runner. That said, Dixon was a very large individual.
1: Correct. So, um, but also the fact that you have Kylan Hill and Nick Fitzgerald as a total as a just a tandem of runners. Um, because the last two, or I mean, this game in particular, it was sort of. I hate, I don't really like using this term because it's not, but it, it was a Mullen type offense, relying on the run game, having a bunch of quarterback runs, having a bunch of uh, regular handoffs to the running back. Um, and that's not a bad thing when you have runners like Kylan Hill and Nick Fitzgerald, who both had extraordinary games on the ground, Kylan Hill in particular. Um, I mean, when you look I'm trying to find the rushing stats I didn't prepare myself Hill had 211 ball. yards rushing um
0: and then 16 receiving yards 3 total
1: Yeah 200 200- 211 or 211 net yards from 17 carries. He had a 177 yards from nine carries at one point of the football game and Fitzgerald got 159 yards from 19 carries. So that's an average of 12.4 yards per rush for Hill and 8.4 yards per rush from Nick Fitzgerald. And then you even have Nick Gibson who got not 4.7 yards per rush from three carries and 14 yards. So the fact that you have all of that proves that Mississippi State's going to have a really Good run rushing attack this year. Now, of course, when you get some SEC defensive lines with the likes of LSU and Auburn and Alabama, then we'll see what kind of rushing attack that team really or Mississippi State really has. But at this point, especially with how we played against Alabama last year, um, we have to be pretty confident in that.
0: Yeah, with this being a more Mullen-esque sort of running attack it's really not all that surprising given that this is a team that Dan Mullen built. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. You're not expecting a whole bunch to really change in terms of like the roster from last year to this year. Mm -hmm. You had some recruits. You had what, 20 recruits roughly. Something like that. So it's not like the roster is drastically changed. You were still working with pretty much the same exact talent you had a year ago. Yeah. Everybody pretty much returned outside of like Brandon Bryant um, and a couple of receivers. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I wouldn't expect an immediate change right away. It was something that Justin Strawn wrote about, uh, shout out to our friend Justin.
1: Hi, Justin.
0: Uh, he he commented and wrote this piece about how Mississippi State's passing attack was pretty bad. On
1: oh, it looked it looked abysmal.
0: Um, and it, it wasn't exactly great against Stephen F. Austin outside of just being explosive. Right, but um. In Joe Moorhead's first year at Penn State, it's not like Trace McSorley was this amazing quarterback just right out of the gate. Yeah. It took six games for him to get accustomed to the system. Mm-hmm. And you have to compound that with Nick Fitzgerald's been injured. He hasn't
1: been able to practice. Oh, yeah,
0: for sure. So,
1: they're, they're on, I listen, I like to partake myself in the podcast, The Solid Verbal, which I believe is the finest college football podcast there is. And they talked about Mississippi State a lot in the offseason, not only because of the type of team we had, but because of Joe Moorhead and the fact that Joe Moorhead, in terms from a national perspective, a national college football perspective, was such an intriguing figure with what he did at Penn State. And one thing they kept mentioning, and they mentioned this specifically in a preview show for the SEC West when they talked about Mississippi State, when Moorhead was at Penn State, they had a game, I guess, it was his first season at Penn State in which the offense sort of clicked. And they said that game was the sort of a 2016. They said it was a 2016 Minnesota game. And I believe at that point, they had already beaten Ohio. They started like one and two. They beat Ohio State, and then they went on that run. I don't think they lost a the game for the rest of the season, uh, with the exception of the Rose Bowl. Um, but they said that they had a game in which Moorhead's offense clicked. Everything came together, and nothing stopped them for the rest of the season. And they said... At some point, that's going to happen with Mississippi State. They don't think it's going to happen immediately. Right now, it hasn't happened immediately. And the fact that we have scored 63 points in a game and then 31 points in a game on the road to Kansas State is a good thing if this offense is not clicking and doing everything that Joe Moorhead wants to do. Once this offense gets everything together exactly how Moorhead wants it, then the sky's the limit as far as I'm concerned. Um, so when... Dan and Tyre, this is a solid verbal we're saying. They said a possible click game is Kentucky, um, which goes along with the timing of when Penn State's offense clicked against Minnesota two years ago. And if we can get the offense clicking against Kentucky, who just beat Florida on the road, and Florida may not be that good, but the fact that Kentucky can actually go into the swamp and beat them proves that Kentucky's definitely better than they usually are. Yeah. Um, so if we can get the offense clicking against Kentucky, that is as crucial of a part of the season to get this offense really going, especially through the air with Florida the next week, Auburn, the next by LSU, Texas A&M. And then you have Alabama, Arkansas, Ole Miss after that too. So basically what I'm trying to say is this offense is going to click at some point. It's only been one game with Fitzgerald um, and it's only been two games total. But when this offense does click, particularly through the air, because on the ground right now we're playing really? phenomenally, yeah. That's, there's no problem there. But if we when we can get that balance, which is something that Joe Moorhead has stressed in press conferences, if we can get that balance, then that would be, you know, we could have one of the most lethal offenses in the country. Now, of course, that still has to happen, and hopefully it will, but I'm confident it will. Yeah. Um, looking at...
0: Yeah, looking at the timing of everything, um, even if it starts clicking in the Florida game, you know, Mm -hmm. that's Mississippi State's third big home game. Third big. It's the third home game of the season. It's the biggest
1: home game of the season at this point. Yeah. Um, At this point, because there could be a game against Auburn or maybe a game against Texas A&M that could surpass that. But at this point. Is your phone buzzing or is that my phone? No, that is not my phone. My phone's on Do Not Disturb.
0: My phone's not buzzing. What is that? Are you hearing it too? I'm hearing nothing. Oh, something in my... Uh, okay.
1: There's a ghost.
0: Might be. Um, I've got another phone in here somewhere that I use for like video recording.
1: It's a ghost.
0: Might be that phone. Um, anyway, no. But if it's clicking around the time of, um, say, the Florida game, I think everyone will be encouraged, especially given all of the emotions around that game, both from the fan perspective and the player perspective. Yes. Um,
1: but one one thing that people keep looking, that people just kind of keep glossing over, you know, obviously going into the season, people are circling the Florida game, the Florida game, the Florida game, because of the emotion tied into it. If we're 5-0 and after the Florida game, then we have a game against Auburn that's going to be bigger than all five of the previous games we played combined. That the is a... That if if Notre Dame or Virginia Tech, who both who play the same week as we do against Auburn, if one of them loses, then an undefeated State Auburn game will have College Game Day, no doubt about it. Right now, the only other games that can compete with State and Auburn and Notre Dame and Virginia Tech on Week Six of the 2018 college football season, those are eliminated because all the teams, whether it be Texas, Oklahoma, or Florida State, Miami, they all have losses. Yeah, so. That Auburn game, if if we're five and zero going to that Auburn game, then we are looking at a two thousand fourteen against Auburn type deal. Now we're probably not going to vault to number one in the country because we, if we're five and zero going to Auburn, depending on how other teams do, we could be sort of on that cusp of the top ten, maybe around ten or something like that. But if we can beat Auburn, who at that point with a win, possibly a win against LSU this weekend, would be in the top five, then all of a sudden we are in the playoff talk. So. Sure, the Florida game is a huge game. The Kentucky game has become a huge game with what they did against Florida. But if we're 5 and 0 going to Auburn, then we're then that that is where, you know, everyone should be coming. You know, everyone obviously is going to be at the Florida game. Yeah. If we beat Florida, then everyone's going to want to come for Auburn. This is basically what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I, I completely agree that even if states Somehow, four and one. Should they slip up at Kentucky? Which,
1: Arizona? which would be a problem. That would be an ex- if. If we're not five and zero oh going into the Auburn game, that's an extreme problem, as far as I'm concerned.
0: I agree. My point being, even if State's four and one at that point, that is one of the biggest games in the past in Davis Wade Stadium in the past few years. Like you,
1: well, if we're and also if we're five and zero, oh, then that's the biggest game. Then that's, that's the biggest game in terms of the State's program since the 2014 Alabama game yeah that is the because the 2014 Alabama game obviously was a loss, but going into it it was the biggest game in program history because we would have won the West if we would have won that game yeah and we ultimately would have won the SEC because Missouri was hot garbage yeah. and as and I always hate saying that because it rips a little bit about my heart out each time and I keep' re- hate reminding myself and other fans of it, but that would be the type and I'm not meaning to keep looking forward when we're recapping Kansas State all the way up to week six, but I'm just saying that the magnitude of that game would far surpass Florida, Kentucky, Kansas state, whatever.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. That's, that's not an arguable thing.
1: So if we were to get that offense clicking in the Florida game, then that is literally, or better yet the Kentucky game, and then keep that going. That is literally the perfect part of the season. Cause once you hit Kentucky, then you have that string of Kentucky, Florida, Auburn by LSU, A&M, which is a gauntlet with how, with how LSU and A&M are starting to look.
0: So I figured out what it is. It's my wife's work phone.
1: Oh, uh Oh, can't touch your wife's phone.
0: I mean, I could take it to her,
1: but that would delay the prop the, the podcast recording yeah. here.
0: Um, one thing that touching back on the whole thing of offense getting clicking um, the podcast. ain't played nobody guys all off season touched on how, um, cause they talked about Joe Moorhead too. They, they love Joe Moorhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they love Mississippi State. Stephen Godfrey has a cowbell, so I'm surprised he
1: hasn't burnt it. He's not an Ole Miss fan. Well, uh, this is my opinion on Godfrey. He is an Ole Miss alumnus who will feel more than willing to criticize Ole Miss. He may not be an Ole Miss fan, but I don't think he likes Mississippi State at all. So he from- may have a ca- he probably just has a cowbell just to have it and to have fun, and then he'll tweet about it one day and make fun of it.
0: So from what I can tell, um, a lot of his issue with State was how <laughs> the previous administration had run things and had kept SB Nation and other similar digital media platforms out. Um, because SB Nation was never credentialed by Mississippi State Athletics uh, under the Scott Strickland and Greg Byrne era era's
1: well, probably because they're not as big as they are now. Particularly with Greg Byrne. That was 2010 at the latest.
0: Yeah. So, but there was there was a lot of emotion about that um, on both sides, is my understanding.
1: But anyways, the offense.
0: And Godfrey is actually very complimentary of Mississippi State as of late.
1: Great. The offense. So,
0: uh, both commented on how, um, you know, there's been... You know, You've seen the overarching trend of how there's comparisons from Trace McSorley to Nick Fitzgerald, right?
1: Yeah, um, although right now Nick Fitzgerald is not Trace McSorley. No, 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 no.
0: I completely agree. And they, a lot of people were buying into this notion that Nick Fitzgerald would be Trace McSorley, would be the same sort of quarterback, just taller. Yeah, and That's not the case. And something that uh, Godfrey brought up frequently in the offseason was that Nick Fitzgerald's not the same quarterback. You're going to yep. get more you know, running out of him that's going to be clear. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to expect this guy to throw the same way that Trace McSorley did. Yeah. And even if he does develop more of those Trace McSorley-like tendencies, that's going to take time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we do need to be patient.
1: Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, against Kansas State, it, 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 the the passing stats were similar to what we've been seeing like from last year. You know, only 154 yards through the air. Our leading receiver was Stephen Goodry, who had two receptions for 42 yards. Yeah. Um. So, you know, you know now we have five guys at double digits, but that's spanning from 13 to 42. No one had more than two receptions for the second week in a row.
0: Yeah. Um
1: So, you know, right now the passing game has a lot of work to do. But this, of course, goes along with that. Trend I was talking about of Moorhead's offense clicking at some point, which I'm confident that it will, um, especially as Fitzgerald and the other receivers gets these in game, particularly receivers like Stephen Gidrue and Austin Williams, who have particularly Austin Williams who basically didn't get any playing time last year, but Stephen Gidrue who's new to the system and Devonte Jason when he when he fully comes back from injury, um, when they get those in game reps, and of course the in addition to the reps in practice then at some point it ha- at some point it, it 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 has to gel at some I point to. Um. and and if it doesn't then you know you know if it doesn't then you know we can rely on the run game which is which with our run game is great to rely on and we can make a we can hit a pass downfield every once in a while um and we could probably win nine games but but at some point that passing game has to gel, gel. and once again I'm confident that it will um Hopefully sooner than later. Yeah, if you're going
0: to want to beat teams like A who looks better than we expected, LSU, who might be better than expected, um, yeah, Auburn. If you want to surprise Alabama, you're going to have to be able to throw the ball against them. Yeah, that's just the fact of the matter. Mm. Um, but I will say, Nick Fitzgerald's first playing time since having his ankle turned backwards from all uh, Miss tackling.
1: Sure. Um, the by the way, uh, both of um. The quarterbacks that Ole Miss has faced this year have sustained ankle injuries. SIUs as, as well. I'm, I saw somewhere that their quarterback sustained an injury. Someone sustained an ankle injury. Interesting. But I could well, be completely wrong. Don't Ole Miss fans do not blast me. I'm probably wrong because I'm an idiot.
0: I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to draw connections there. I just there is a point of like he was tackled at the ankles. It turned his foot around.
1: Yes, he was hurt. Fitzgerald
0: is who we're referring to. Um, in his first game back, he had three hundred thirteen total yards, two touchdowns, and interception. Mm-hmm. No fumbles. Um I don't know if he was sacked or not, but just as a whole, that's that's not a bad first game back. Yeah. Could have been better. Could have been a lot better, but it, that's pretty good pretty good. Start. I think
1: I think the best thing for Fitzgerald was the fact that, you know, he could have been he could have been Running scared on Saturday because of his ankle, because of his injury, he could have been scared. Um, but instead, he runs the ball 19 times for 159 yards. Did not have a single run that was a loss of a yard. The fact that he still has that confidence and is running, what as far as I can tell, running like he did last year, yeah, that's really good. It means that he's confident. So the so the fact that the running game's checked off the box, che- you know, if, if we can check off that box, then that's great. That's fine.
0: The that's, I was just going to bring up the ESPN guys love to bring up this note of how Fitzgerald said that, Oh, I'm faster than last year. I'm good as last year. I'm I'm even better. That sort of notion. You're it true. could be true. He could be back to where he was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have an extra week of rest. So,
1: yeah, but you know, you know, you know, but it, the best thing uh, is, even if we were even if Nick Fitz even if the worst were to happen and Nick Fitzgerald goes down for injury would you think that this offense would truly skip a beat with Keaton Thompson not necessarily
0: mike concern- no,
1: i would be as confident with keaton and i'm not saying this to discredit fitzgerald or start a quarterback con- controversy i'm just talking about if the worst comes to shove i would be as confident with keaton as i am with fitzgerald
0: I would be concerned about the, the number of reps he's had. Granted, he was practicing with the first team last week, um, or prior to the Stephen of Austin game. And, and he-, he
1: started the Stephen. I mean, the fe- but the- this guy's had two starts and has played in three and a half quarters of another one.
0: And then also started the spring game. played And
1: had first team reps throughout the spring. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that if worse comes to shove and Fitzgerald gets hurt, or if Fitzgerald, not saying this will happen, but if he just sucks... Which he's probably not going to. State's
0: not going to take a huge step back. Right, going to, uh, Kevon
1: Thompson. Yeah, but, but I'm not. Runaway. I'm not saying that to stir up a controversy or anything. I'm just throwing that out there.
0: No, if you were to compare it to 2014, um, take away Dak, and you've got to go with Damian Williams. That's that that
1: that's an issue. That's a huge step back. Correct. Here, I think the level of talent, there's very little difference there. I mean, Keaton Thompson was a four-star out of high school. And, you know, I remember – I mean, I've spoken to my Ole Miss friends a bunch about Keaton Thompson, and they say that, oh, he's terrible. They're only looking at his reps from the Ole Miss game, in which I don't really like to criticize Mullen as much as a lot of people do. But one thing you can criticize Mullen about is I would argue that he stole a year from Keaton Thompson last year. Yes. Because of how little he played. And – how unprepared he was when that Egg Bowl came. Because he – did. I mean, with the exception of, you know, an almost miracle fourth quarter, he played like straight-up garbage. And then once you hit the Tax Slayer Bowl with all those first-team reps, he was fine.
0: Yeah. Um, If he had had more playing time prior to that Ole Miss game, I think Thompson would have been okay.
1: Yeah, I think I think there would have been a great chance we would have won the game. I mean, we would have won the game, even if Fitzgerald were done, if we would have taken away half of those turnovers, we would have won the football game. Yeah. So I mean
0: anyway, we're not we're not sour graping on that. Right. Um anything you want to talk about around the SEC. There are a few
1: interesting games out there. Are you talking about this coming week or last week? Well, let's let's recap. Stick with recap. A um, and M's good. Uh, they, uh, you know, I, I think that the fact that it, I'm, I'm not, um, you know, obviously A&M only lost by two against Clemson and had a great chance to beat them. Of course, they didn't play that well in the first two and a half, three quarters, but the fact that they were actually able to keep it close with Clemson and get to a point that they were able to stay in the game and make a run proves that A&M is a is, I mean, a could be an eight to nine win football team this year. Um, would probably more likely, uh, because they already have that one non-conference loss, but yeah. they look quite good. Um, Arkansas is bad. Yes. Ole Miss's defense is bad, uh, but so I'm not saying that makes Ole Miss a bad football team. I think their offense can win them games, such as the big game against Texas Tech and Southern Illinois. Um. Texas
0: Tech is awful. Um. Yeah.
1: Let Let's see. Um. What else? What else happened? Uh Georgia's good. Georgia is still Georgia. South Carolina
0: uh, might be pretty good.
1: I think South Carolina's gonna be what people thought South Carolina was gonna be. I think they're gonna be an eight-win team, maybe nine. Um but there's Georgia won the SEC East on Saturday, and that's obvious. Uh Kentucky's gonna be an eight-win team, probably, maybe seven. They're not they're pretty good. Florida's gonna be mediocre. Um but, of course, that's just week two takeaways. We could ob- Obviously, we have an entire 10 games left. But as of right now, um, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, LSU, and State are sort of the top five in no particular order, although I think I just listed my order. Um, and then you have sort of another tier of the likes of South Carolina and Missouri, um, Texas A&M. That's sort of in that group, and then the bottom is just the bottom. I will say that A&M – and wow. Kentucky's in that mid-tier as well.
0: Yeah, A M could sneak into that top tier by the time the season's done. And it's also totally possible that like Alabama will take a top tier of their own and then everybody else kind of gets a uh, second tier there.
1: Yeah, although I think Georgia is good enough. I mean, obviously Georgia lost some pieces like the Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle, but a lot of people going into that South Carolina game thought that it was going to be a close game.
0: I mean, I thought it was going to be closer than what it was.
1: Yeah, what was it, like 41-17? Yeah. So I mean that's almost a 30 point win. that's what's that 24 points. I'm not good at math. Um, yeah, 24. Uh, really so a goal. That's a pretty substantial victory. Um, so I think I think at this point, um, at, I mean at this point in the season, Alabama, Georgia and Auburn it's, is, are it's that's its own tier. Um, but and also I think at the, I mean at this point, I, I very well do agree that at some point Alabama can make it up there, but I think Georgia and Auburn, um, I think they're still extremely top, like top 10 football teams, possibly yeah. top five. So. This is probably the weakest
0: that Georgia will have a roster, like the weakest roster that Georgia will have. I don't, I don't know why I worded it that way. Um, and there's still probably going to be 11, 12 wins going to the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. The only difficult thing that they're going to have to do is beat Auburn, um, and that's uh, yeah. Alabama. <laughs> that's that's yeah. that's it. That's all you have to do: just beat Auburn and beat Alabama. Th- no biggie. Yeah, theoretically, you could have to beat Auburn twice,
1: like last year. Yeah, or I guess last year when Auburn had to beat Georgia twice, but
0: but I mean, it, it's those three are going to define more than likely, they're going to define what the SEC is. Yes. So. Yes. Um, the note on A&M, they missed a field goal and lost by two points.
1: Yeah. And who knows what would have happened if that touchback was correctly called.
0: <laughs> I wasn't even going to go there. I was just going to go with that alone.
1: Yeah uh i mean i i i don't understand Uh, i'm not going to go on a tangent on refs but i'm going to go on a tangent on refs i don't understand how that was a touchback the ball did not go the ball rolled to the back of the end zone out of bounds the ball did not land in the end zone the ball landed out of bounds and it didn't even reach the end of the goal line when it landed and to me that is as bad if not worse of a call than the strip sack or the the uh the, the, the fumble sack that Leo Lewis was uh, robbed of.
0: Do you think that was an Ole Miss fan that reversed that? Uh,
1: I mean, uh, maybe. It, it, you know, it may have been uh, uh, Taylor Rowland in a ref costume. <laughs> Anyways. Um,
0: the SEC is going to be really good. The SEC West specifically going to be really good. Yes. Oh gosh, that was loud. There's a loud vehicle outside. I there. mean,
1: honestly the SEC West is gonna have a bowl game for every single team except Arkansas. So
0: No Arkansas and, and
1: Ole Miss, because Ole, but, but Ole Miss will probably win six games. But obviously they're not gonna be a bowl team. So but technically, you know, if yeah. they didn't if they didn't do what they did, they could be a bowl team. Every team could be bowl eligible is what I'm saying.
0: If they didn't do except it for they they Arkansas be where they are right now.
1: Correct. So
0: they wouldn't if, if, have if this kind of an offense if
1: they didn't do what they're if they they didn't do what they did. Uh, Hugh Freeze would still be the head coach at Ole Miss, just winning eight games a year, it, maybe seven. I think they'd probably be happy with that. Yeah, I mean that's Tommy Tuberville type stuff. So,
0: yeah, I think they would be happy with that if they hadn't made it to the Sugar Bowl. I think making it to the Sugar Bowl makes.
1: Oh yes, I mean the fact that they uh, won the Sugar Bowl and then thought they were a top ten, possibly SEC West contender when they went five and seven in 2016 was a big reason why. So, yeah. Anyways, that's beside the point.
0: Um, we don't have any questions. Nope. Almost time for me to go. Do you have any final thinkings? Here's
1: um. You that thing.
0: Closing thinkings. Whatever. you're um,
1: Mississippi State is in a 2014 type situation, and I'm not saying that we are going to be number one in the country. I'm talking about if the cards can be played right, we can be in a very good situation to do so. Um, now, if we are not 5-0, and as I mentioned earlier, by Auburn, that's a big problem, but I'm pretty confident we will be. Of course, I'm a Mississippi State fan. I'm a pessimistic Mississippi State fan a lot of the time, so I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. But still, if we are five and zero going to Auburn and we beat Auburn, we will be a top six to. We will be a depending on what other teams do. We will be a top five to six football team. At that point, the LSU game, the Texas A and M game, back to back after the bye week, will become two of the biggest games in Mississippi State history. If we win both of those games, we'll be nine and zero going to Alabama. um, Possibly one of the top at that point one of the top four teams in the country. Um
0: top three at that point.
1: Yes. Um, imagine an Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi State top three. But, um, but once again, I am a Mississippi State fan. I like to look ahead. Uh, I'm not going to hold my breath on anything, but I'll just say this. Get the offense clicking. No injuries on the defensive line of the front seven. And we have that chance. I'm not saying it's going to happen because the chances of the R being 9 0 going to Alabama maybe less than 50%, maybe less than 40, maybe just 10. But I'm just saying there is a chance. Would
0: you be happy? Just a quick question as a Mississippi State fan, if every 4 years we had yes. this run and then in between we're winning 6 to 9 games.
1: Nice. Um you know it, it's it's funny there I used to have a neighbor at my mom's house um who lived across the street who was a state fan who was a at that time, a recent alumnus, this was like four years ago. So he's probably like 28 now. This was before 2014. So this would have been 2013 or so when we went seven and six. And he said, I just want us to compete in the West once every maybe four years. That's all I want. And right now that's happening. 2010, we didn't necessarily compete in the West, but for how our program was at that time, it was really good to go nine and four and finish the season 15th ranked in the country. 2014, obviously, we know what we did, and right now we have our best team since that 2014 season. The answer is yes, because if we can compete for the West once every four years, then we are competing in the West more than we had any time past 2000 and prior to 1997.
0: I will say, if we can hold on to Moorhead for as long as we held on to Mullen...
1: Which I... I, I'm not okay. I'm not going to get into this conversation about the about state being a stepping stone and all that because that is that could go into a 20 minute tangent. I'm but I really had this conversation concerned. with someone yesterday.
0: Okay, no, no, no. But if we hold on a Moorhead as long as we hold, held on a Mullen, I think you will see that rate accelerate a little bit. Yeah, just the way that everything is possibly.
1: It depends on how we recruit. Recruits. Yeah. Now, right? Well, except right now, I'll say this. Our recruiting is not as good as it was a month to a month and a half ago. You uh, right mean. now, right now, both Ole Miss and Florida have surpassed us, and those are the two teams we were laughing at for not being below us. Um, right now, we are like 20th, and it's a Mullen-esque class. Mullen on a good year. Um, now, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's not like we are knocking everyone out in recruiting. Right now, we're recruiting into Mississippi State standards. Um, the new
0: Mississippi State standards.
1: A championship standard.
0: Um, if
1: hashtag
0: <laughs> if we go nine and three this year, I think you will see us in the top fifteen recruiting.
1: Nine and three. Yeah. I mean, unless if we, we lose, unless we unless we are four, unless we lose one of our next three games, nine and three is the floor. I agree. I'm just saying,
0: using that as the benchmark, here we will be top fifteen recruiting. When it's all said and done, if we go ten and two or eleven and one,
1: we're not going to be top ten. I'm going to guarantee you that. I would say we're
0: not. We would be if
1: if we're top ten in recruiting. Then the NCAA is going to be calling us.
0: No, I know. I'm just saying we would be on the edge of top ten. Okay, that's that's all I'm saying.
1: Sure. I think top. I think top fifteen is very possible, but very possible, but. I think we would have to do more than nine and three, honestly, because nine and three is just a win improvement from a year ago. And so
0: I think it also depends on how you are in that nine and three.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we lose to Alabama, Auburn, and LSU, then that's a pretty solid nine and three. But
0: also, no, what I mean by that is you're not losing those games by 30 to 40 points.
1: Oh, yeah. Like you lose we those did with
0: Georgia and combined, Auburn. If you lose those games by a combined 10 points,
1: then sure. Okay, that's fair. And especially if we win the bowl game and go 10-3, and three, that's where things could really go in an uptick. Because yes. that's only the fourth time in program history that State's won 10 games, and two of them would have come in the last, well, I guess 2014 to 2018 would technically be one, two, would that be five football seasons? 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. So, yes, two times in the last five seasons.
0: But also then we'd have nine or more wins, Four times in the last five seasons.
1: Yes, So That's
0: yeah. honestly crazy. Hashtag MSU Renaissance.
1: That's honestly crazy. Yeah. Thanks, Peter Sermon.
0: <laughs> oh, man, I got. I
1: wonder how he's doing as the big old linebackers coach for the Cal Golden Bears. I got to get going. All right, I enjoyed time. it. Catch you later. Bye bye.